Surprise, motherfucker. sure a lot of you thought you might not ever be hearing from me again. Don't worry, there's still a chance that might happen. It all depends on what happens immediately next. I won't go into that, not here, but um, if you've been following me on social media accounts, you'll be well aware that life hasn't been terribly kind to me for the last few months, last few years actually. I'm going to see if I can break that flow of bad vibes in 2024, starting with this podcast. But it's all going to be hinging on if things get better in the next two weeks. Um, but, you know, we got to start somewhere. And let me tell you, I, I have my brain's been so fried. I couldn't even remember how to start doing a podcast or how to set up my mic. And I'm supposed to be technical. And I mean, it, that's just I'll talk about it a little bit at the end of the topics I want to talk about today. But it's just funny what um, severe grief and stress will do to the body, the mind, the heart and the soul. But enough about that for now. Um. Anyways, hello. Welcome back. Um, thanks for those of you who've stuck around. Here we are, 2024. Uh, because I'm an American, I think the world revolves around us. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm sure everyone knows that we're walking into 2024 with another American presidential election. Yay. America used to be a superpower and is still powerful, but nothing like it once was. Um, the cracks have really started to show since Trump was elected, and it's been a shit show of losing clout on the world stage ever since. It's like Dorothy pulled back the curtain, and America was there with her pants down and grabbing the rest of the world by the pussy, and it just hasn't been the same since. I mean, who can forget the massive Black Lives Matter protests, and there were two impeachments, COVID, an insurrection. I mean, America hasn't been doing so great. Trump tried to steal the 2020 election, but thank God that didn't happen. Biden got it, but, you know, Biden isn't the best of presidents, but he's been far better than I've given him credit for or thought he would be. Now, I know a lot of people are going to get upset because of his responses to what's been going on um, with Israel and Palestine. And I'm not even going to get into this that right now. That's a very, very touchy subject. And maybe that's something I'll touch on, you know, in a few weeks, but I don't want to tackle that one right now. That's just like me not wanting to tackle. Well, I'm not even going to say it because I don't want to be canceled before I even fucking start knowing how things are um, these days. So let's let's just stay on topic here and try to stay out of trouble, although it's tech. So um, how can tech stay out of trouble? Right. But anyways, um, I want to say that the the dark biden stuff has been really really fun he legitimately has canceled quite a bit of student loans even though he was stopped by the supreme court and the gop and the irony of it is that because he was stopped by 
um, the two parties. He has gone a different method in order to cancel loans. And because of that, it looks like more loans are getting canceled than they would have been before. And on top of it, he's going after the loan servicers. And if any of you folks have ever dealt with the loan servicers, and I've dealt with Nelnet, and I have dealt with Great Lakes, and Great Lakes wasn't too bad, but Nelnet actually got me into a lot more trouble because they put me on forbearances when they shouldn't have put me on forbearances. And so that just caused a lot more interest, but they all know that. And so he's going after a lot of the loan servicers now and even finding them. So like, yay, good for him for that. Like, it's not the mass cancellation that he was going to do, but it's better than nothing. And they're reviewing these rules every few months. So if you haven't gotten loan relief, there's more than likely that something's going to happen. You're going to get some sort of help. Um, Not everybody's going to get it, but a lot more people are going to get it now than we're going to get it before. So that that's a that's a plus. And, you know, the fact that he's doing it on the down low, I call it some of that dark bite and stuff. And I think that's really fun. The other thing he's doing, he's starting to go after the pharmaceutical companies saying that if they used public funds to create a new drug, that drug is now too expensive to be purchased by the common American, then sorry, your patent protection is going to be taken away and let other people make your drugs for cheaper. And that's totally fair. I mean, competition, right? I mean, we're going to get into it. The rules apply sometimes until they don't. Um, On top of it, the administration is trying to take Amazon to court for being in a monopoly. And it's also taking a look, at least the FTC looks like it's going to take a look at the Kroger-Albertson grocery merger, which is great for Wall Street honchos, but it's not so much good for the little guy, that being consumers who will be stuck with less choice and higher prices by having um, all of these grocers become a monopoly, much like mono- much like Amazon, you know, it brings in less competition in the market. The infrastructure bill that Biden passed did add jobs, even though there were a bunch of jobs lost in big tech um, and little tech, of which I personally have been affected. So if anyone wants to hire an IT project manager or director, I am completely available. Or if you want me to be your personal dive guide and pay for my um, airfare and whatnot to come be your dive guide if you're going scuba diving, I'm also available for that. I'm also available just to sit on your your yacht and keep you company. I'm going to throw that out there. But more immediately, I really could use an IT or project management, um, an IT project management or director job. But even so... Even so, with those wins from dark Biden, it hasn't all been sunshine and roses during the Biden administration. Women, for the first time in American history, have lost more rights with the American Taliban getting their way and taking away a woman's right to choose her reproductive choice. The usual suspect states just couldn't wait to go after those up-to-date women. Um, They began persecuting and jailing women who have miscarriages or go out of state for abortion services. I mean, they, they, they care that much. Uh, I think the thing that you really need to be aware of or keep an eye on is the case with Brittany Watts, who is going to trial for felony manslaughter because she miscarried into a toilet at the hospital. This is after she waited several days for an ethics panel at the hospital to see if she could abort a non-viable fetus and not have the state of of Ohio to come after them, you know, to, to criminally um, persecute the hospital. I guess sometimes, um, you know, the letter of the laws is more important than the actual people that are it's supposed to serve. Uh, 
you know, just so people, if they don't know, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes a woman's body will, you know, just miscarry if it is a non-viable fetus. Women are not supposed to walk around with dead tissues inside the body. If they do, it can become septic and actually kill them. Um, and and Brittany Watts is just like only one case that's going on with um, women. There's lots of women who've been trying to go because they have non-viable fetuses just trying to be get. And then we're not even talking about people just having a right to choose because you just don't want to, but people who have medical reasons why these fetuses should be aborted. And now they're being held into criminal, they're getting criminal charges. Um, besides that, in addition to the loss of women's reproductive rights, the U.S. is getting flooded at its southern border with migrants who, for some reason, think life is better here. And they are finding out quickly that it actually isn't unless they have a hit on their head in their home country. And, you know, then that's understandable. Um, some are here because of safety reasons, as I often mentioned, gangs, gang wars in their countries having hits on their head. You know, their actual lives are in trouble. Some are here be our climate refugees. They wouldn't leave their their homes, but the climate has changed enough that the normal farming that they might do on their plots is not successful. So they're not able to actually feed their their families. So they're leaving. Um, and then some just have been on social media and have bought into that American dream fairy tale that everyone here has a, a job, a house and a car. And they're getting really shocked when they come here. And that's just not how it is. You know, then add into the fray the political posturing of the governors of Texas and Florida, Abbott and DeSantis, respectively, and they're trafficking migrants across the line to democratic cities they don't like, like Chicago, where I'm from, Denver and New York City, which is, you know, causing us problems in our states. And, you know, just because they have a bone to pick with some cities who have sanctuary city status, which... I'm going to take a moment to kind of explain something here about that, because I think one of the narrow, what we like to do is we like to twist words and what people have said and what they mean. And I don't know what the rules are in other cities. I am a little bit familiar with New York city and I am a familiar with Chicago. And when it was said we were called a sanctuary city in Chicago, the reason why that was, was that police officers couldn't just walk up to you on the street and ask you for your citizenship status. They just couldn't do that. It wasn't legal. And they were also banning ICE from being outside the courthouses to immediately grab people if they were leaving the courthouse and they weren't convicted of anything. So basically, if you haven't done anything wrong, the police, and when I say wrong, we're not talking about whether you went over the border or not, but if you haven't any done anything wrong just walking down the street, you are not going to be harassed because frankly, if you have any other skin besides white, you're more than likely to get harassed as being considered an immigrant or a migrant, even though there are Caucasian people who come over to the country too. But you're always asking the brown and brown, the brown and black skin folks, and yellow skin too, if you want to put it that way. So that's why that was in place for sanctuary series. Like you come here, and we're not going to hassle you just because there are the the officials, cops, and stuff are not going to hassle you and ask you for ID and all this other stuff just because they suspect that you might be a migrant. New York City's right to housing was actually set in the 1980s before there was actually a problem with what we have right now and what it basically said that was if you were in the city of New York and you needed housing, the city would grant you shelter, would help you get shelter. But that's gotten twisted that anybody who goes to New York city will get housing. And that is not what the rule, how the rule was set up in New York city. So they're going to change their rules because of that. That had nothing to do with sanctuary city. That was just like, Hey, you're a New Yorker. You've lost your housing. So 
the city of New York is going to help by putting you in a shelter or something. And this was set in the 1980s. And, oh, I wasn't, you know, aware, aware, you know, in the early 80s, but I, I was somewhat aware. And during the early 80s, times were rough, too. So a lot of people were losing housing and, you know, jobs. There was a problem in the job market back then. Still, um, that's what I wanted to take a side note to talk about those two things. Now, there might be a, a, a solution that's starting to slowly come on that has been suggested by Mexico. Mexico may actually help stem some of the migrants coming into the U.S., but there's a couple stipulations, one of those being that the United States needs to talk to Cuba, which is actually way overdue because this Cold War nonsense with Cuba is just no good. Although, you know, the Cubans are suffering, but if they lose their beautiful cars... This is so selfish. And I have never been to Cuba, but if they lose their cars because all of a sudden they have imports, that would be kind of sad. Hopefully they keep the Cuban culture and they can open up borders again and, and let the Cubans stop suffering in their own way because they can't import anything and update. Their buildings are falling down. Like if you're a tourist, you go to the tourist areas and you get to see the tourist things, but that's not how the common Cuban citizen lives. But we'll talk about that more in a future episode of the podcast um, as that unfolds. I know that the uh, officials from the State Department, U.S. State Department, met with, met with Mexican officials last week. So we'll see if there's any fruits from that. But talking about migrants and all this fun stuff kind of finally brings us to talking about what I wanted to talk about, which is Trump. He was indicted on God knows how many things in the past year. And a few states led by bipartisan groups, and that means Democrats and Republicans, finally had the balls to enforce the rules in the Constitution and remove Trump from primary ballots for the presidential election. I mean, I was waiting for that to happen. That's huge, but not enough for doing it. Um, the states in question that we're talking about are Maine and Colorado. I think Michigan had it up as well, but Michigan said no, that they he would show up on the, the ballot. Um, now, oh God, what's his name? I can't think of the guy's name. The very rotund dude. Chris Christie, who's always running, he's kind of like the Republican version of, of Beto, who keeps running for stuff but never wins. Um, I know I shouldn't say that, but you know, I think Beto's running again for something. I try to ignore his emails at this point, and I'm going off on a tangent. But he said that um, taking Trump off the ballot will make Trump look like a martyr, and he should be on the ballot and let people make the decision. Which goes kind of along with the U.S. or sorry, not the U.S. but the U.N. having concerns uh, that the U.S. is in trouble because we keep changing the rules and bending and bending them to benefit whomever is complaining. Um, that you know our democracy is is in trouble. And the funny thing is, the irony is that most people who follow Trump say they want the Constitution to be enforced, except when it comes to the Fourteenth Amendment. And the Fourteenth Amendment which prevents treasonous people from gaining office in the United States. But it also grants that birthright citizenship in the United States, which the usual suspects, I'm going to always say the usual suspects, also want to get rid of. Gee, I wonder why. Um, for those of you who are listening who are not American or who are not very savvy and remember their constitution class that they had to take when they were going through grade school, I think you had to take, I don't remember if we had to take it again in, in high school, I know in grade school you do. Maybe the rules have changed, but let me give you a refresher to the 14th Amendment and the clauses that I am referring to. Let me find it. Yeah, okay. So when it comes to the presidential election, and I quote from the Constitution, Section 3, disqualification from holding office. 
no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislator or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. That's one sentence. I'm going to touch on that for a moment, because I think part of the reason why we have a lot of people not understanding the Constitution, because it was written in old-timey English, and wherein, and thereof, and stuff, people are too stupid to know what these things mean anymore. And also, that's like one hell of a long sentence. But, you know, again, I digress. Um, But what this is basically saying is that what Trump incited on January 6th with the storming of Congress and promising to pay the legal bills, the legal bills of those involved um, invalidates them from running for any office in the United States. Right. That's what that that's what that 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 section says on the 14th Amendment. But, you know, who cares? I mean, who who fucking cares? The Constitution only applies if it suits you. And um, though we're not going to talk about that today. Since we are on the topic of the 14th Amendment, and I do know I have people who need a refresher because I'm sure this is going to come again, up again. And I'm sorry about the, the, the siren in the background. Sorry about that. Um, there's a cut in the audio here just because that was getting really annoying. Another side note, it's always around Christmas time here. And I don't understand it. I mean, maybe it's because of Christmas trees and stuff, but every time it's around Christmas we always get on the weekends and sometimes several times during a week, we get a fire engine going down the block. And I, I, in, in Chicago, at least if somebody's dying or, I mean, cause I had it to happen to me when I had my car accident, my motorcycle accident, which wasn't my fault, which I think I explained last year, a fire engine came along with an ambulance because the fire engines all have the uh, AED and medics involved on them. And they sometimes get there faster than the fire, the, um, not the fire, but the uh, ambulance. So you can trip and skin your knee and a fire truck shows up. But um, yeah, I digress. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, we were talking about birthright citizenship and I was telling you to file this away later because I'm sure this is going to come up at some point in time, especially if Trump gets reelected. But for those of you who are not American and need a refresher, file this away. And I'm going to quote the constitution again. And what it says, and this is part of the 14th Amendment, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, okay, thereof is going to screw screw everybody up. They're not going to understand that. Jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. So basically saying that if you were born in the United States or naturalized into the United States, you are a United States citizen. So, I need to give some context to this, why this was put in place and a little color commentary, if you want to call it, you know, he's always say there color. This was put in place because of a Supreme Court decision before the Civil War that occurred. It was between a slave named Dred Scott versus Sanford, where this slave was taken from the state of Missouri to Illinois, where slavery was illegal. And I have to shout out to Illinois, which has the worst fucking state taxes, but it's always trying to do the right thing. I mean, sure, we have a lot of corruption with our governors and stuff, although this one we got right now is good. But hey, you know, we didn't like slavery, so yay, Illinois. 
Anyways, Dred Scott had said that because he was taken to a free state by his owners, he was effectively freed. Effectively a free citizen of the United States. But at that time, ultimately, the Supreme Court judged against him and said that people of African descent, whether brought to the United States or born here, could never be United States citizens. It's interesting. You need to read up on that. And I'm going to actually try to provide links to this podcast where I've gotten some of my information from. And in the future, if I'm ever talking about politics or things like that, I'm going to start trying to provide links so you can see where I'm coming up with my bullshit, which is not bullshit at all. But um, yeah, you know, this is why the Birthright Citizenship Act was added to the 14th Amendment. And even after that, there were still exclusions for Asians and Native American citizenship the Chinese being the largest non-white group to start immigrating to the United States. And those people had to be addressed by additional acts to the Constitution because there just was an issue for the longest time if you weren't white or male in the United States. You didn't have rights. If you weren't white or male, you just didn't have rights. It seemed like we were trying to start to get over that stuff and we're getting better, at least on the surface. And then Trump came along and, well... Um, I guess it's going to take me off this tangent and bring me back to talking about, you know, 2024 and um, the real meat and potatoes of today's podcast. I started off by mentioning that we have a presidential presidential election in 2024 and the GOP, a Republican frontrunner, if we decide to ignore the 14th Amendment, is going to be Donald Trump. There are still a vast amount of people who support him. I don't understand why. I absolutely don't understand why. And I've spent my fair amount of time of watching videos of MAGA supporters. And besides the usual racist rhetoric, the number one thing that seems to come up is they feel the economy was better when Trump was president. They feel the economy was better when Trump was president. And, you know, it's the economy, stupid, right? And that's really struck me because of a few things. Now, number one, I live in a big city and we're really slow to come down inflation as opposed to the rest of the country. Like it's insane that they do uh, uh, petrol, fe- uh, oh God, what's the word I want? In Gary, Indiana, they refine petrol and stuff. So we should get gas cheaper, but we don't. Um, so in Chicago, at least it's really slow to come down inflation. But yet I have seen some small signs of it. Here comes my cat to start screaming. Besides that, the stock market is still going gangbusters. And uh, there are more jobs now in the blue collar sector, such in areas of construction and manufacturing. And the student loan relief is a real thing. It's real. So why are the MAGAs thinking the economy was better during Trump? I mean, why? And I was just thinking and thinking and thinking. And finally, it dawned on me. It finally dawned on me that, yeah, well, so in order to explain this, we need to look at the typical Trump supporter. Uh, typical Trump supporter is male, white, over 55, and not college educated. And let's break this down for a moment between um, that and another group that I see within the MAGA fan base, because I want to address those people who have money as well and do favor Trump to be put back into power. But I want to talk about the the non-educated, sorry, excuse me, I don't mean you're non-educated, non-college educated first. Typically, People without a college education, and we're not talking about tech people now, but because you can do tech without having going to college, things are changing. And that's a topic for another time. I have so many topics. I should keep blogging. Right. But let's just go on. Typically, people who are not college educated, they work in hard labor. 
Uh, they're in blue collar jobs such as like manufacturing, farming, mining, construction, domestic laborers, etc. Uh, unless you're part of a union, you're probably not making a living wage. And as we have seen, the economic promises that started with Reagan's trickle-down economics really didn't pan out. The wages have been stagnant, and food, fuel, medical, and housing have continually to outpace wages. The poor have become poorer. They were sold in an American dream about pulling one up by their bootstraps, but the harder they work, the more tired they are, and they never seem to quite get ahead. And, you know, that just begins to breed bitterness because that's not what America is supposed to be about. That's not the American dream. You're supposed to be able to work hard and then you get what you want. Not that you work hard and then you work harder and then you work harder and you're still not getting what you want or even that you're not even covering the bare necessities. On the other hand, other side of that MAGA uh, spectrum, there are the college educated MAGA supporters and they tend to know how to play the market and how to bend federal rules to pay less on taxes, get more contracts, and know how to use government money to enrich themselves with like grants, credits, and subsidies. I'm looking at you, Elon Musk, with how you got money for SpaceX and Starlink, which is with our tax dollars. And another tidbit that those who are listening, I want you to file away here. It takes knowing the right people and having the right connections and money to get a hold of these government handouts, which poor people tend to not have. It's really hard to find a fancy accountant lawyer when you're trying to figure out how to afford toilet paper or baby food or diapers or gas or any of those things. Um, yeah, so I think at this point, you're probably going to say, Tech, get to your point. You, know, you haven't seen it why these guys think the economy was better during Trump and things are more expensive since Biden's gone into office. Like you want me to explain this already? And I am. This is where I'm going to drop something that I think a lot of people have forgotten about. And I think answers to questions on why so many thought the economy was better during Trump. And it can be summed up in one word, COVID. What the Trump administration did during COVID was it eased up finances for millions of Americans. Don't get me wrong. If you owed a deli downtown or a personal trainer, any type of industry that depended on people in the office or being face-to-face, you were screwed. You were screwed either way. But if you were already unemployed or had a job that you got to keep during COVID, like you worked remotely or something, you actually saw an increase in money. And the agreed companies actually saw an increase in money too, and that added to the inflation. The supply chain was hurt during that time, but it came back. There are also some other factors, but let me finish my point here and I'll get to that. Pure and simple, Trump gave out federal handouts nearly to everyone called the Economic Stimulus Package, which gave people all those nice little checks to help out during COVID. In addition, he he paused student loan payments. Yet nobody's yelling at him for pausing them to begin with. So all in all, um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Also, Trump cut taxes. Add this together, and the most economically vulnerable and the very rich felt like they had fatter wallets during the Trump administration. I really don't see this being brought up in media at all. Not at all. And I think it's a, a salient point. But then Biden came to down, tried to keep student loans from being collected again and failed. No more federal handouts because COVID is officially over. And now it's Biden's fault that the economy is bad because he hasn't been giving out stimulus checks and because he's trying to collect on student loans. Also because of inflation, but we're going to go to that now. Though the supply chain, as I said earlier, has recovered, 
When it comes to food, the prices have not gone down this much because of a few factors. Climate change and the Ukrainian war have affected grain prices, and several breadbaskets of the world are not being planted due to war or not yielding food due to flooding or drought. Uh, There's been an increase in grain prices, which has also increased meat prices because cows, pigs, chickens eat grain, you know. Farmers have had to reduce their herds and flocks in relation to the rise of grain prices, which has caused more scarcity, which causes prices to rise more and so on and so forth. And I think you can see the cycle that I'm talking about here. On top of it, and I touched on this for a second at the very beginning, food conglomerates and grocery stores are taking advantage of the system because they're still charging more on top of already elevated prices because the market isn't pushing back. You know, this is capitalism, yo, but... The market isn't pushing back because we need to eat. And so you spend the money because you need to eat food. Prices would have to go up either way due to world conditions, but not as much as they have as fast as they have. You know, we're kind of held over a barrel there on that one. So the people who are complaining about the welfare moms are the ones who had all their fingers in the federal money pot due to Trump. And when the pot is closed because Biden closed it, it's Biden messing up the economy. So again, it is okay for you to get federal handouts. And I'm not giving my personal opinion on this. I'm being very snarky and I'm I'm trying to prove my ear. It's okay to get what is basically a federal handout if a Republican does it for you. But if a Democrat does it, then you are um, a welfare mom and you're trying to, you know, abuse the system. End of the day, money is important and you don't feel less poor because the numbers and metrics tell you that things are better. You don't feel less poor if you still can't feed your family, pay rent, and put a little away for a rainy day. It doesn't matter what Wall Street is doing. It doesn't matter what the federal government says. Your life still sucks. You're still spending far more money than you're actually probably making, and you're not able to get ahead. And I think that's a huge factor why people still want to have the feel goods about Trump besides the racism and, you know, hey, the Klan's going to Klan. And, you know, he's down with the Klan. <laughs> People are like, you are being so partisan right now. I'll screw you. I don't care. Um, I, don't, I keep taking making tangents in this, but, you know, this is kind of a fun topic for me. So uh, I guess the real threat in 2024 is that we end up with Trump again if things don't change. And he has already said that his new regime will be about revenge. And my God, aren't people cheering over that? Like, what the fuck? Is this crazy ass where we are in America now? Like, yeah, I want a president who's going to do revenge on people. The fact that he was elected in 2020 didn't just change the trajectory of the United States, but also changed the trajectory of the world. Because you know, a TV personality with no class could become president of the United States. It opened up the doors for even more to be elected across the world. You know, yay, populism. The people have had enough of anyone who promises uh, a better life, even if they're talking about assaulting women, a loss of freedom of speech, and good old-fashioned fascism is better than missing out on a car payment or going out without Medicare or not having food. So um, I think the next 11 months are going to be very trying, to say the least. I, for one, am dying to see if the Supreme Court is going to let Trump be on the ballot. Um, Considering that it's packed with all of his cronies, I don't see them saying that he can't be on the ballot, even though we go back to what I tried to explain to you about the 14th, um, the 14th American, uh, 14th American, 14th Amendment. 
I don't see how we get away in this country or in the United States without another January 6th, because the fact of the matter is the United States is no longer united. We'd throw our neighbor under a bus for a, a packet of ramen noodles at this point. Land of the furry, home of the brave, every migrant's dream. If they understood that America isn't Hollywood and the influencers that they see on social media, everything here is fake. Uh, we'd like to be exactly like the way that things are on 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 social media, but that's just not the truth. The truth is, is that if we were to actually face the truth, it would be too scary to actually make change um, because we can't even get along with each other. We, we That would require co- cooperation with those we don't agree with or even like. So we have to be able to face the truth of what the problem is and how drier, dire, dire things are. And then we have to try to get along with the people we hate. And that's a tall, tall, tall order to ask, um, especially in this environment. It's just, I don't see it happening. Uh, anyways, I thought I'd saw start off 2024 on a cheery note and there it is uh, moving right along will i continue the it's complicated podcast in 2024 like the countless times i've promised in the past well i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to give it a go for four weeks if i can and people are still listening then i want to get paid to do this and i'll make a patreon for the show um, for this show only, because I have other side projects that I'm working on, and I want to kind of keep them separate because I really understand that people are sometimes some people more interested into my non um, political serious topics and want to hear more about the diving or my thoughts on other things. And so I want to try to separate it so that I don't have to force people who don't want to listen to my political ramblings. So you know, you can throw a couple bucks my way if you like it, but not right now. Not for this podcast. I need to see if I can keep up with it for four weeks and also to see if people actually enjoy it, which on that note, I'm trying to see if this is going to actually aggregate to all the places it used to just because it's been so long since I've uploaded anything. I actually might start doing these on videos. We'll see. I've become extremely camera shy over the years. Um, I'm allowed to be vain too. And I have certainly lost my looks over the years due to stress and health issues. And, you know, that's life. That's my problem. I promise I won't always post gloom and doom content, but I will definitely try to stay somewhat topical. And unfortunately, topical seems to be gloom and doom. Doing these podcasts actually takes quite a bit of work with no return, but I'm going to try and do it, do for 2024 what I want to do, what makes me happy and just stop expecting anything from anyone. Because if anything I've learned over the past two years is just don't expect shit from anyone. (laughs) Don't expect shit from anyone who you think is a friend or whatever, but you know, I don't want to go into that. As I said, I have a few other projects up my sleeve. It all depends on if I can find work in the next few weeks. If not, then you'll probably never hear from me again. If I do, well, in 2024, I'm going to do my best to get all my passion projects off the ground. Finally. Uh, This podcast is a good start. The fact that I actually made a point to sit down and get this done and ready for Jan 1st, 2024 is a good start. I'm going to get a little personal now, but I haven't actually sat and tried to produce creative content. Even if it is talking about current events, there is still some creativity that goes into this. Um, I haven't tried to do that since I lost my parents and basically lost everything in my life. Shit's been so incredibly hard that it hurt even to breathe or think. I have been a walking, weeping sore. I know that sounds delightful, but it's like the truth. 
severe grief and disappointment physically changes you and rewires the brain. You even get short-term memory loss. I have felt like my brain has been crunchy. Like when you damage your hair from like a curling iron or something or burn it, my brain has felt like that. And when you have a zero support network, good luck, good luck, good luck. Um, I do know that if I can get stable by February, I might be able to turn my life around. He's all like, save me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my last hope. Um, and I might be able to turn things around and get my life back. It definitely has been a terrible adventure, but a really good learning experience. Um, yeah, I wouldn't wish what I've been through to my worst enemy, but because I've been through what I've been through, you don't want to count your chances against me as my enemy either. Like, if I can survive this, you, you, you do not want to fuck with me. You do not want to fuck with me because I have seen hell and it looks like I might actually walk through it if I can turn things around this month. But in that vein, like, if you do want to help me out with, you know, GoFundMe or Venmo or PayPal right now, that would be great. I literally haven't been able to find a job in eight months. And again, if you've been following me on social media, you know, um, I'm kind of worried about my housing situation at the moment. And I really hate talking about this because I don't like begging. I don't like whining. I don't like any of those things. Um, but it it just, yeah, I, I if everything that could go wrong did go wrong um, at the same time. So if you are interested, uh, yeah, hit me up and um you can send me a couple bucks and it would be very much appreciated. You don't have to. I don't want to beg. I don't want to beg because I'm embarrassed to even say that to be, say this to begin with. Uh, with that, happy fucking new year. Happy fucking new year. And I want to leave you with something. Um, it takes less than 30 seconds to be kind to someone. Say something meaningful, but nice today to a friend, a stranger or a loved one. Uh, for all of us to survive the damage that I believe is coming our way, and I think there's still a chance for us to survive it, taking just 30 seconds to reach out to someone and let them know they exist in this world, they matter, and you see them, can make a huge difference. A huge difference. Keep that in mind. File that away, too. I guess until next week, uh, when we'll find out what fresh hell we have to discuss. On that note, thanks again for listening, and bye.